Welcome to the Holy Spirit's Curriculum of Joy podcast. My name is Wanaka Oberhuber and I'm your host. My guest today is Rax Beaton. Hi. Hi, Wanaka. Pleasure to Thank be you here. For, Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. You might want to um, sit a little back so that your whole face is on the screen. Perfect. Uh, that's better. Perfect. Okay. So I'll start with the, the big question. How did you get to see the world the way you do today? So that's your journey, basically. Yes. Um, and what a journey. Um, I think most people that you um, look, that I speak to that can understand this all can say the same thing. You couldn't write it. You just couldn't write it. You know, all the movies show little bits of it and things like that. But you just, there's no way I would have chosen my journey. And that's the point. I think that's what I've realized. We don't. Um, We fight it. Um, But anyway, so my my journey, um, I grew up in a beautiful village um, with wonderful friends. And I was always wandering around, getting into mischief. Um, I, I, I did everything on the edge. I was never actually in real trouble, but I did everything. I was risky. I, I liked to stay out late and look at the stars and play in the woods. And, you know, I was, I was that child. I wasn't um, too into the pretty things to begin with. Um, and then you get created and molded by the, your parents and your grandparents and you get in and off you go and you're all set. And I had wonderful friends and through school, um, I loved middle, uh, first in middle school because I thought it was really gentle and the teachers were amazing. And I could feel I was with my grandmother all the time. It was amazing. And then when I got to um, teenage years and school, I was horrified by school. I, was, I just didn't understand how you were supposed to retain so much information learn so much information and be able to say it all back and recall at any time and you've got to save it all up to write it all out in an exam so i suffered with great anxiety i had i had a want to, i was interested in many things i had this sponge of a head but the things that i was kind of forced to take on caused me great anxiety so I tried to, and and there was lots of other things going on in the background, um, uh, family, um, anger issues, illnesses, lots of, you know, the cancer word, all all these big things were happening. But I still had a very happy childhood along the way. There was a lot of laughter, so it kind of balanced out. But when those things happened, I was shocked to my core. But rather than saying that, I'd get stronger. You know, like layering, I can see now, this and feeding the ego. It was all feeding this identity, and everyone else was going around kind of doing the same thing, so it must be right. Um, but I tried to take my life at 16 years old, and I was at school, um, and I got quite close to succeeding. Um, I'm glad I didn't. But it caused a lot of guilt there as well because I projected all of this inner hate for myself or fear of being judged or accepted, all, all those things. 
um, onto then my family, who then saw me so differently. It was the very thing that I didn't want. So now I'm all protected and she's broken and a bit damaged and everything I did that was my childlike wonder um, was seen as, um, well, she's a bit different. She lives in a bubble. You know, so even my bubble of joy was seen as <laughs> a bubble of something bad. So then, um, jumping to the special relationships, um, I had a lovely marriage with a wonderful man, um, which fell apart through loss of things that happened within the relationship, um, loss of a baby, um, yeah, all my fears of attachment, all these things that I'd kind of got tangled up with, I'd put all of my attachment into people. So going back to when I was younger, I would not, my hands never left my mother's skirt. They were entwined because I was so scared of people. So I would never look at anybody. I'd have my head like this. I was scared of the telephone. I wouldn't speak to anyone. And then on the flip side with my friends, I was one of the most confident, first on the dance floor, like all the joyous things I would absolutely embrace and enjoy and love. And that never left, that has never left me. It was like the healing and being out in nature never left me. But there was this big heavy weight experience of the pain body that I was also becoming more aware of it was taking me over by my adulthood like in my 20s and 30s that I became um, lost in it and controlling and very angry I was very ang an angry it's like pain coming out and so I started to have thoughts again of taking my life and so I I uh, took a bottle of vodka and I, I started to drink it whilst I was driving with full intention and no awareness at all or care for anybody else. That's the head I was in. I was fast asleep in a quagmire of the abyss. It was just the abyss. I was just lost in it. And But it, that, that woke me up because I, I slammed the brakes on and I didn't. And I, and I got out of the car and I threw the drink away. I got back in the car. I kind of slapped myself around because I never really believed any of them. I was always a foot in both camps. It's just I fell off the razor and went that way. I can see that now. I followed all these fearful thoughts. I went off into the, the ripples of them. I followed them. I went into the belief of all of it. And, I re and I, at the same time, knowing it was mad. All of it was crazy, but it, it was necessary. I had to get it out. It didn't matter how, but it needed to come out. So then, and the next series of events was my my mum's sister, um, who was like a, a, a another mother to me growing up. We were very similar. We were both in our bubbles, <laughs> and so we had um, a very good relationship. Her life was taken, and by another human, um, whilst she was building a home and retiring in another country, and that shook us all. Um, another form of death. We've had loss through age, grandparents, which seems to be more understandable. I've had loss to young, you know, young children. I've had all the way through, and then, then this one. 
So it was another example of death, but trying to see that side of life, making the horrors even more crazy. And I started to really become, oh, and at the simultaneously at the same time, I lost my job, found out my partner was having an affair with my best friend, and um, I knew that I was spiralling again, so I needed to get away from my children, because it, I was now projecting all of that onto them. And I know what that will, what happens with that. They will learn that behaviour. That's the habitual conditioning which I refuse to do. And I knew that before I found the course. So that was interesting for me. Then Simon came back into my life. And he at that time had picked up the book again after laying it down for a few years. That's what he seemed to do. He, he really went into it and then he'd put it down and got to do life. And then something would happen where he would be guided back, back to it. And at that time he was in maybe the fourth round. So he had deeper understanding because whenever we do anything in pattern, we, have, we see it, we see the pattern in the book because it's saying the same thing all the way through. And, um, so he, he, he came into my life perfectly because I needed that wisdom. I knew there was something else, but I didn't know how to live it. And then, so then I, I was literally taken out of that life. You could even go to say as far as that world because that was in England. And I came over to New Zealand um, for a mental break. I went back after six months and things hadn't changed. They were worse. So I came back. And then we had, and we were studying every day, journaling every day, discussing, talking every day, all day. And um, Simon had come from a background where he was in gratitude for being able to be in a position where he didn't have to go to work. And he could afford that to me as well. So we were given this time together to study the course. And then our story that, that solidified the need out on the surface level for the need for the book course was the um, Canterbury Christchurch earthquake sequence which was a very physically frightening situation whilst going deep into the teachings of the book at the same time and then yeah so I'll pause there and maybe you have a, a question Yeah, um, I have a few questions. What it, what were those earthquakes, and and how did you move through all of this? Because you were really torn. Yeah. Um, 
obviously at the time I didn't know how to make the decisions or the choices because on the side of me that was very aware of, of the mind that liked being judgment and opinion to the world what I had done was well one leaving my children is very frowned upon uh, amongst many people not not now not the, not the people that know me and know the circumstances and have taken um, beautiful time to listen and and to 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 to, to ask deeper questions not questions you know they understand there's a much there was a much deeper love for my children than they can ever imagine leaving your children to protect them because of you you know like I, th I, I at the time I knew it was right but I knew it didn't look right to most people and I just had to trust that with the keeping undoing my mind and also understanding that until it's undone, I can't begin to live. You know, you just can't. I mean, you can have a, a taste of a foot in both camps and it, you, can re you can lift veils and it can get clearer and it can get happier here and happier there. But if you have a foot in, in the camp, you will get those experiences. So I had a whole lifetime, it seems, when I look back in hindsight, of the lesson of attachment. I had great attachment to all the important people that have been in my life. Great attachment. Like, feeling their pain, like the, the empath in me, like I just couldn't understand why the world was so cruel to so many people and I would be like the mother. I'd, I'd be absorbing and, and, and asking all the time how people are, but the difference is to how I am with that now is back then I thought I could carve something. Myself carving, trying to then replicate that carving with somebody else that that is the problem is the carving is the problem so it's a, a the the attachment i see i had and then rizzo's passing i mean he was one of the biggest um teachings of letting go of attachment the biggest in fact for me yeah so far um, but I think it, I don't know, because I can't know, and I wouldn't be arrogant enough to say I know, but it kind of feels like, that, that. where else can you go with teaching me to remove attachment? So, sometimes I walk around the house forgetting anything's mine, because I don't, I just have let go of, of everything in that way, and it's very freeing. So the earthquakes, it was the, it's the same answer for everything. I mean, they happen. But when you, I think it's worse to experience one big earthquake than it is 8,000 in a week because you get used to them. 
I didn't think that at the time. <laughs> or Nick, what do you know? So that's pretty, pretty tough to go through all of that and to deal with the perception of other people when you make decisions where they would frown upon it and many people would frown upon it. And you have to deal with those comments and ideas that come towards you. But again, that's another lesson, isn't it, of the attachment. If you have any residue of attachment to believing that anything that we do, in the, especially this, this thing with past and future and missing the whole point of life, um, being this moment right here, right now, and if we're going to go around judging people based on the last action they did, then there's really no hope for anyone. You know, the last bad thing that somebody's been to have done. I mean, we've got one thing that Simon's life um, taught both of us was the beautiful side of the mind and equal, and, and I'm talking about his beauty of mind for six months of the year because Simon had a diagnosis of psychosis. To us, to us we, we could see it was a huge example of the overthinking mind. It was rapidly out of control. So much so that it it was like a merry-go-round and he couldn't stop it even if he tried. And he became so aware that it was happening that there would be windows where he could convey to me, he knew what was going on, that that was, and then he was back in. And there was, it was very, very interesting to watch the growth of how the overthinking mind can take you over. But Simon could show me in the period of three months, start to spiral completely out of control when medical help is required and hospitalization because he, would have, he just didn't have the answers himself on how to, to slow the train down when it, caught in the physical or whatever he, experience he was in. But he knew it was always overthinking. No, it didn't matter what stage of the psychosis. So at the beginning, it's very happy. It's very freeing. He feels very creative and vibrant and euphoric. And it's beautiful to watch. But it's, no, it's not real at the same time. It, it doesn't arrive like that. It's not... It's serene. It's it's not up here. It's not manic. And neither is it down there. So when we when he would rise through that, he would go to darkness because it's unsustainable. You cannot sustain that level of euphoric overthinking as much as you can sustain the dark thought train. It has it will exhaust you in in exactly the same way. And so the body can't keep up with that anyway. And so it does in the end have to kind of shut down and it spirals so quickly that you go in 
we went into a um, another depth of this place. And if he was left and not um, helped by the physical medical world, Simon's Simon would have died many times. And he knew that when he came back, because if they let him be, the drugs that the antipsychotic drugs that they give you slow you down. But no one knows how much each individual needs to be slowed down. So he'd be slowed down to like a, a horse being tranquilized, you know, like that took away his emotions, which is just as bad as the it's not worse because you you can't now have your emotional intelligence. To, to know the emotion is to go back to your, to catch what you're thinking about. Is it overwhelming and to do with the past or your worries about the future, taking you away from now, the present moment? So he knew all of that. So when he came out of that, we would journal and we would go back to the book. And as a witness, an, an observer here 24-7, I got to experience how lovingly to handle that and one of the biggest things was not to correct him to listen but not to correct him and then from that he could just motor it all out and and it really helped rather than keeping all the thoughts in and I think that's one of the the, the 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 things I try and encourage people to get rid of their noise by not fearing you're going to be judged or have someone's going to have an opinion. Be wise who you choose to to open up and spill to or journal, where it, you know you can just be free in your thoughts. You don't have to worry about your audience or add layers to the side of you that can be paranoid and start building things. You know, what, what, you, what you can do is journal and be your own self-healer, self-teacher. And that's wonderful because then we don't have to worry, you know, like solitude is a beautiful thing. There's no noise. There's no external noise. It's, you get to hear your own mind and it's beautiful as well as joining and it's great. But, but solitude is something worthy of embracing and at, and at the same time loving being in company yeah so Simon was the, the most amazing teacher to me of um, letting go of attachment um, so he could shed his identity every every six months and start afresh and and it would take him each each cycle would take him a little longer but from over here, you, I could see it just took the choice to trust in now. These things happen to me, yes. They were, have memories that can cause me to feel my pain about that time. But that pain's relative to then, the experience then. If I look in, at my life right now, very happy. Very, we've been very happy and content in not doing very much apart from studying and applying that to our life. So 
I had to learn a different way of speaking and I didn't like it to begin with. I was, because it's a language, um, you're talking from a completely different perspective. And I love it when I have a perception problem and I get to say, oh, I've got a perception problem. It's freeing, it's nice. I mean, I'm human, so I've still got all the ego to undo. I mean, you know, I'm not enlightened. I'm, I'm still here, I'm in a physical form. So, of course, I have things, I, I even know of some things that are coming up for me, but they're not here now. And until they are, I, I rest in them. I, you know, they're not here. And what's here now is a wonderful conversation with Monica. Yeah. I'll, I'll mute. So we have a question or a comment. Ari, you can speak. Um, uh, thank you, Monica. No, I don't. I just uh, tuned in. I saw that I was late, so I tuned in. But I'm having a really hard time hearing racks. Is there... Maybe that's just my phone. Anybody else having a difficult time with the sound? Okay. Um, let's hope you hear it better now. Um, so, Rex, let's let's continue. So. You, you said the, the experience with Simon that we spoke of already in our previous conversation transformed a lot in the way of seeing the world. Would you like to share about how you see the world now and what that, uh, what that means to you? Yes. Um, what, what I've been, since Simon's passing, um, which is, you know, good 15 months ago um i because we we're, we're away from england we're in new zealand we have no family here we're we're two we were just two here and and now there's just one you know just myself um the my my one and my cat and i have spent all of that time um apart from maybe a couple of tennis matches or going away for a weekend or something here, pretty much on my own. And that this is what I've wanted. Uh, Simon asked me to practice um, solitude after he had left. Uh, it was the day before he actually passed that he asked me to do that, to try it, because he knew my story. And he knew that I'd always been attached to... Um, so there was the daughter, the girlfriend, the friend, the mother, the partner, the carer, you know, every, it just, the list just kept going on and on and on. <clears throat> and he could see the care and love I gave to him for the last nine months, ten months of his life. So he, he got to see how far I'll go in my dedication to the care and love that I want to that I, I, it's a natural thing for me, and I, I do miss practicing that. But it's all for me right now, you know. Like I, it's all coming back this way. So Simon asked me to practice solitude 
even from for a time. And that would just if you're going to practice solitude, it can't be you know. I don't believe it takes a week. I think it takes a lot longer than that, or however long it takes. Um, for me, I'm embracing it even more. I love community. I love people. I love being in community. Um, but I'm loving my own space more because I'm in a place where I'm looking back at how I got here and looking now at the wonder of it. Because I was always okay, even though <clears throat> I didn't think I was. That's why I tried to take my life a few times, right? Because I just didn't believe this was okay, any of it. I don't see the world like that anymore at all. I, I see how it can be seen that way because I have old goggles I can put on and I can look through them. But it's not a nice vision. I don't, it, why would I even do that? But sometimes, you know, I do have a perception problem and I do slip into that. But more so now, my experience is very calm, very happy. Um, I don't, I don't really see anger anymore. Like I can see others experiencing anger, but previously I would, there would be something in me triggered to bring up my anger and I'd kind of go there with them because I misinterpreted everything. Now, when I can recognize someone's in difficulty, I go the other way, calmer, because that's what's needed. And no, you don't need to talk, you know, like when the psychosis is getting more complicated, if you start talking to the psychosis, you're, the only way you can be understood is if your psychosis is talking. <laughs> because that's who you're communicating with. So it's best just to hold the space and without judgment and opinion, you know, if, if you're talking in your head. So I, I don't, I, wherever I am, I'm very aware of what I've felt maybe with and try and, and uh, you know the judgment and the opinions are difficult sometimes they swing on in they, it's, it's as soon as they've swung on <coughs> swung on in um <coughs> even if you've reacted and followed them it's okay to put the brakes on stop recognize and you know make amends and, and regroup and do whatever's required to, to have that space so i have the privilege and the gratitude of being able to practice that space so they say, you know, if I go and spend a week weekend with my parents, I'll soon see how well I'm doing. And, it, you know, you don't know until, but I'd like to think um, things will always improve if you're always wanting to shed those, the identities that just don't help you, you know, um, and that's what I'm doing and it, and it works. Um, so, yeah, each, each, shedding there's a new site so i can't definitively i can't explain how i see the world as yesterday as today 
happen. It's, it's the same feeling. I have the same. It's my world. It's my life. Um, yeah, so I spend a lot of time in my garden. I love nature. And I talk with a lot of people who are wanting to unlock their own minds. So we, 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 I have friends that come and talk with me. Um, their GPs have recommended mindfulness guides and coaching and training or however you want to say it. I don't, I, I don't um, use it as a business in any way. It's a kindness. Because for everything I'm able to get someone to understand about themselves is also for myself. So it's a, it's a giving and receiving. It's a beautiful way to, to almost teach the Course in Miracles. You know? And at the same time, these people have empowered themselves through the teachings and taking it on for themselves so they can... Now, the idea is for them not to need my communication all the time and for them to have it for themselves. That's, I think that's the beauty of teaching A Course in Miracles. It's, it, and that's what I love about your podcasts because it's, it, it's just sharing all of that lovely how we got here. And, and it's always the same. And I always listen to them, you know, all, all the teachings. And there's a similarity. We had to do some kind of seeming painful journey. But when you get to this side, for me, um, <clears throat> of realising things, I just, I love life. And I'm grateful for every day I wake up. And seeing Simon's body <coughs> reversed and all the basic abilities that we take for granted within our physical form, um, I don't idolise any of them, but I'm very grateful for the abilities. Um, but at the same time, not attached to them because I saw he didn't need to be, you know, he had, the day he, he went to get out of the bed because he was convinced he could walk, here he thought he could walk and he didn't he didn't it didn't happen and he ended up on the floor and it was a real he laid on the floor looking up at the sort of ceiling going wow that's that then and we were like yep and he kind of smiled like oh okay that's one thing I can give up now like it was um, it's just unnecessary for who he was he just didn't need it so whilst you have it I I don't idolise my physical form, but I, I look after it. I honour it for, for what its purpose is, of which I don't fully understand, hmm. which is great. The body's function is communication in A Course in Miracles, that's the explanation. The, the communication is explained as something total, something that encompasses all. And that, that's something that, that we can sit with and wonder about exactly what that means when we're living in, the, in an experience of a dream in which we have bodies, and these bodies do express themselves 
do come to places where they can't do things like you were explaining with Simon. So yeah, it's full of a lot of exploration. What does it mean to have the body as a device for communication? I, I think as soon as you let go of all of the identity and building that um, self-made, you know, the, the fit-in person um, or the intelligent person or what, what, as soon as you let go of the importance of that, I mean, we have to have, because we're in a physical experience, so it's practical to be able to communicate, uh, not intelligently, what, you know, through wisdom or using your words well. I mean, the hardest thing is to be understood. I think we worry about being understood. So what I loved about the course, it, you can't fail really to understand what it's saying. And the language is so precise. And I love David's teaching, David Hofmeister. I followed him and listened to him for many, many, many years. And he helped me understand a lot about how to read the book um, and it's just all these little keys and nuggets of gold everyone gives you and we're off and that's what I'm that's I, I love that we can use our physical form to, to to communicate that um but you just need the gentle breath to do it it doesn't really you know right till the end Simon just has gentle breath and the serenity in his face the communication that, that that we can well I was talking only the other day to people about using your breath more I mean we we think we're using it to keep our physical self alive well yes you are but the, the breath has a much bigger purpose um, and we, we, we don't use it enough and it's with us all the time it's a it's it's the master tool and i i if, if everyone was more aware of their breathing they wouldn't have to worry too much about their thinking because you wouldn't be thinking too much you would really be so aware of your breathing in a really peaceful calm serene way that anything that you create from there through communication will be calm and and true probably i think if we're thinking too fast like the psychosis you can't know what's true because you're thinking about so many different things and jumping you're just following these random thoughts and that's that's crazy so our natural state i think for me, I believe, is a very calm, serene, peaceful, kind, loving sense of being. Anything slightly above or below that um, can send you into the, the psychosis. But the, 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 the light that is there is so pure and bright and happy it just it, it, it absorbs everything that ever happened all that sight i had 
through those horrible goggles. You know, it just it just blanks it out. It's just gone. So I can relate. I I never used to be able to tell any of my past abyss stories without crying because I still had attachment at that level of talking about them. I really believed them. I used to tell the stories. Couldn't wait. You know, someone tell me this traumatic story and it's like, yep, my go, listen to mine. And I would say them and they would just keep coming. And it was like people would want to slit their wrists by the end when I finished talking. You know, it was, it, but, but you, you get, you don't know you're doing all of this until you get something like the courts to, and community, you know, listening to others, you know, really does help make you feel like you're not crazy. I mean, one of my best compliments this year was from someone who um, didn't see my side of how I see the world at all. And I wasn't convincing this or anything. I'd written a post and it said, I'm at that awkward life between birth and death. <laughs> it's just a, like a funny little quote. And, um, and she she, came, she this person came in and um, said, you are effing weird, and deleted me. And I thought that was brilliant, because I want to be the opposite of that. And, and, and that's okay. It's fine. I don't mind, I have no attachment. I mean, that's what all this has taught me. I don't have attachment to... I don't mind what anyone thinks of me. I have, you know, um, I can only teach who I am by my behaviour and my attitude. And that's it. That's my responsibility ends kind of there. Um, and I practice not judging and having opinions of others, but I do fall into having a perception problem in heightened life situations that get they they still get me occasionally you know I, very rare now but even when they get me i i it's in i they get me through i see it in humor i experience it through the humor like oh wow i nearly went there you know like i can hear it and then it's and then i know i need to sit and be a bit more aware and have a look at it it's a healing opportunity um, but I do not react anymore. I was very reactionary. I, I take Simon's teachings, our teachings together, taught me patience. A lot of things have taught me patience. Patience has been my bestest friend. Gratitude now has um, joined that list. Very, very grateful for many, many things. So that's kind of how I see life, the world now. Mm. I've walked... I suppose I've had my war, my personal war, my own war. I've, I've, wa I've walked it. I have walked it. Um, and I am not sure what else is to come, but I will not react to it. I will respond. That's become my natural state now. Yeah, are there any comments or questions at this point?
in as is. Um, yeah, so that's pretty deep, just this um, awareness of how you get sidetracked when things seem to be going completely berserk and how you, how you are able to look at it with humor. Come well, to it the, privile the privilege of having the amount of time to myself and not having so many distractions and responsibilities, my time is my own. That's something I am very, very grateful for. And so I have been able to literally hear my own thoughts because I want to listen to them. I want to see where I am, I want to check in with my emotional feelings. Are they aligned in a joyous way or are they being taken over by any past residue thoughts or you know, I have I have a good uh, material to pull from to make sure there's nothing there. But no stone stone must be left unturned because it has the potential, you see. So I, I, I don't go searching for them. I'm just more in tuned with my state of peace, my peace of mind, how my body energy feels, you know, am I anxious? I know anxiety, I know depression and I know fear very well. I was taught those things. Um, I taught myself those things very, very early. But at the same time, my sense of humour, my sense of wonder never left. So I have the ability to recognise I'm still very joyous person I laugh and make people laugh I'm I'm big on laughing so that I know what that that joyous feeling feels like but more so I know what that calm peaceful experience feels like so I know where the glow can go before you've got lost and you can get taken over by the overthinking again um, there's there's a calm space I hold very dear to myself. Um, that's my treasure now. So my treasure has no ex no external picture. My peace of mind, my 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 whole sense of being is my priority of what my situation is. That's the number one. So before it was out here and I'd and everyone else would come, I would people please. That's how I used to be thinking because I gain a lot of joy. I gained a lot of joy through giving, but it had attachments to it. Now I enjoy giving with zero attachments, and it's a completely different experience. It it it, it makes that lovely space glow. It doesn't need to grow. It's perfect in its form. It just glows and it glows for everyone when you all come together like that without expectation. And I think as soon as we start to carve someone for our own, whatever that relationship is, if you're, if you're carving someone into something, you're taking away their life. You can't do that. You can't carve people. And I tried to think, because I thought that's what, was kind is to try and like coaching i like guiding because i think guiding is something you do from behind and the coach is kind of you know pushing you on uh, I, 
guide the word guide means such a good word to me i think that's what we're all doing we're guiding each other What comes to mind is the expression you're walking each other home that is spoken of in the Course in Miracles. So, yes. And I think I've done it all the way through my life. It's just that I, I, I had it very twisted. It was, it was really good at the beginning, got twisted, more twisted, but I never lost my sight. So when Simon brought me the Course, I was all in. There was no resistance. There was resistance to the language because my ideas around religion, I grew up in a C of E school, beautiful school, lovely school. Um, the, 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 the religious stories caused me difficulties, but I never not believed. There was always something there for me, but I didn't like how I'd been taught it or the hierarchy, or, yeah, all that, all the stuff that was weird around that, I, I didn't like. But there was a beauty. I loved going to church with my grandmother, and I loved singing the hymns. It, like, the joy in my heart was um, like this. So every time I went to church, it was for a wedding or Easter or christening. And then I went to my grandmother's funeral, and my attachment style back then, I felt like, horror like it was the most I felt like I was in a horror movie it was the most I couldn't stop crying I was the only one but I was sobbing like you know like I just couldn't believe all of this that was going on I, I really was traumatized by my grandmother's funeral um but the course that was the only block and it, it wasn't really a block because I'd already got this belief in I loved I loved the beautiful parts of all my teachings about the Bible and I could just let like all my abyss let all of that go and be left with what the, what the course was teaching were the missing pieces they removed what I didn't, that was off, slot in that together, and there's my picture. And this was what my grandmother would be talking about, um, the beauty of nature, and, and she loved people, and she was very giving, and very kind, and very loving, and very gentle. She was a beautiful teacher. And so I knew there was always something there. There was always something good there. And so I was able to embrace the words without fear or of any, I'd let that go quite quickly. But a, a lot of people that I come up against will do find those words a block. So I do try God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. And I, I try and get them to not worry about the sounds of the words or shapes of the words. It's you're trying, you're going for an experience. You don't need to conceptualize it. You, that doesn't matter. It's what it's teaching you about your mind and your experience and the perception problem that's the nitty gritty of it. Um, but it is a block um, for some. But I think if 
we walk each other home and and when you gain um trust with people and they feel safe and kind that all falls away anyway hmm. it's been a wonderful journey um the course is something i pick up frequently but recently i haven't because um, i need glasses and i can't read it anymore so i'm now listening um which i enjoy it's another way um i like listening to you know like your podcast and all that because it's all it's, it's teaching it anyway yeah and and i know that there will be coming a time in the future where i will sit down with it again and start um, journaling with it again because I really enjoy writing out the text. It's another way of teaching myself. I love writing, so that I use it in very in many many different ways. It's a, it saved my life. Put it that way, yeah, for sure. Does anyone have a comment or a question at this point? So go ahead, Thomas. Okay. So yeah, it's, it's a really amazing how this has transformed the way you see the world and you've been sharing about where you came from, which is really, really a dichotomy and so happy and sad all at the same time and we're, we're coming one after the other moment to moment. Your, your mood could change drastically if I understand correctly. And, and that has changed since you got to know Course in Miracles, things have changed from, from that to be more observing, more calm, being able to um, respond reflectively, which, which was harder in the past, if I understand correctly. So it's, it's not as in, impulsive or not as so, so um, full of rage or, or joy that bursts and then, and, and you don't know what to do with it. It's more like you're, you're able to see things with a more gentle view. Yeah, I think uh, it's turning that sight to true sight and turning that hearing to true hearing. Yeah. That's, it, it's, it, it's a relief, put it that way. <laughs> it's a massive relief huge relief yeah not having to go around making an identity and um, being better constantly improving on a surface level um, which was never ever really going to have a good ending I mean I, I saw that on multiple occasions um, but what always has a good ending is um, being able to do that with your mind because it's you know that's right here right now um it's our only responsibility to be our happy to be our but 
it's not a fake happy, you know. It's not one that loses its consistency. That's one of the biggest things I've, I, I, the try, all the, all the trust and the honesty and the gratitude with consistency becomes who you are. That becomes your identity. Being consistently in your joy, being consistently happy. And that doesn't mean, you know, having to be expressively so. You know, it's a quiet joy. I mean, you can. I mean, you know, I do. I love having a good giggle and a good laugh. I'm a bit of a prankster with my friends. I love making people laugh, you know. And I'm a fool. I love being childlike. You know, I love all the innocent expressions. Um, yeah, just be free who you want to be. Just be your joy. Just be your fun. Just be your kind. But just be. Be your be. Allow others to be theirs too, and not cars. Yeah, and that you know, I love, I love that I was that person before because I could see now, you know, if it, there's any any sign of trying to project, or because it's a form of project. If you're creating someone, you're projecting your ideas of who someone should be onto someone else, rather than allowing them to discover who they are. Um, it's the guidance that goes with what they're trying to discover, who they are. You know, what's the purpose? What are they aiming for? Um, everyone that I've spoken to privately here, it's been, they want to get rid of the chaos, this feeling of lack, the, the attachment to everything, you know, their perception problem. Um, and it's a relief to many to know that we all have the perception problem. They're like, really? You've got a perception problem? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I do, yeah. Um, but it's a nicer one than it used to be. <laughs> for sure, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so that's basically how I came. I know it was pretty, there's no point going into the greater details of everything because, you know, I don't really remember them all now. Um, I've let they fade it's like a movie that you watched and you've got to name the actor in it you know that movie you know and you explain the story but you can't remember all the actors or the finer details that's how I see my life before a course to how I see it now yeah it's a very old rat someone that's not I mean well I I was born with the name Rachel so even my name changed to three letters which actually means to stretch. Yeah, so new name, new country, new, new everything, new life, yeah. And relations with my family, um, yeah, I mean, my, uh, they're going well, um, but being the distance that we are, it's tricky to maybe cement more healing in that way, but I'm, they, they thought I was different then. They think I'm really different now. But that's okay. That's, you know, it's, it's pleasurable. It's not, um, you know, there's no one trying to recar, you know, to carve or bring someone back and there's no one trying to pull anyone along. So we have amicable, you know, pleasantries and just checking in on each other. And my eldest son is taking on a similar journey to myself. So 
um, that's great. And he's doing really, really well. And my, my other son um, still has memories of difficulties around me. Um, we, we sort of have time in and then time out and time in, time out. And, and, and it's in the hands of a bigger, a, a bigger universe. And it will, that, I've always trusted all my relationships heal. And when they heal is not actually down to me. They will just, I, I know they, they are already healed. It's everyone just catches up. And I'm teaching, um, guiding on Instagram. Um, that's just a lovely page of expression and sharing. And um, I get a lot of visitors through there that we philosophize and, and talk about ideas. And, and it's beautiful. It's a lovely, I love the way people can just open straight up. It's really complimentary and I feel honored to have that trust and hold their, their love for them. Um, yeah, I'm loving my time. And I feel he's very much still here too, guiding me completely, yeah. Mm. And also another aspect of your willingness to share because you've decided to share on Instagram and other ways and, and according to our previous conversations you are also wanting to share with community in new ways in the future planning yeah. that the, so yeah. this whole journey is, is opening up to ways of joining I mean, my ultimate goal in the future would be to have a peace house. I would love um, to aim for that. And it's something when Simon knew he was um, going to leave this reality, he, he, we talked about um, what we'd grown together with the home and everything, that what I would maybe consider doing. And I, uh, I said that it would definitely be around the course um, something to do with community. I don't, I'm not going to carve it, but I have ideas based on others that have successfully progressed in that way um, to a peace house. But I'm not sure it's even going to be the peace, I don't know, but something that involves a community um, in that way. Um, and I'm open to what that is. But I do think that, that there's journeys in between that I will do here. But ultimately, I think I might end up selling and finding something, as I said, I really don't know, but it's a, a want in me to go down that path. So we, we, we shall see. But yes, definitely something that we both spoke about actually way before. I mean, about 10 years ago, we spoke about the idea, wouldn't it be great to have some kind of community living together? you know, in that way through, and the, you know, through the Course of Miracles. Um, but we were very <coughs> early on in those days. We wouldn't have been equipped to have, have managed that. But it's been a dream story, Vales, that we've had for a long time. And now it feels, it would feel right 
to, to continue to, to fulfill that. But it, it's not something that I have to do. I'll do it if, if I get guided to, to do so. But that's in my mind. Hmm. Yeah, something along those lines. But definitely um, giving opportunity for, for us all, you know, for my community to walk each other home. That's that you have to. I want to provide the, the, the environment and space to do that. I don't know what that looks like yet, but it's getting there. It's definitely getting there, growing nicely. And I'm, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for having my my time to be able to give to that because that feels very fulfilling to me. As it must for you when you know you're building this wonderful community. It's very fulfilling, isn't it? You've you've shared a lot of different points and many valuable lessons. And I'd like to ask you, have I forgotten something that you would like to share about some question that I didn't ask? Anything that that no, Monica, I don't I don't think um I think we've just flowed nicely and been in the moment and naturally allowing whatever came into my mind to be said. Um, obviously, each little subject that we've spoken about, we could go into depth with. Um, and I am open to anyone wanting to ask any questions to contact me. Any, you know, I'm, I'm all I'm all good with that. Um, but I love our conversations. I love, you know, what their purpose are about. Um, I'm happy to share. Um, yeah, I think it's been wonderful. Have you got any other questions that you'd like? Before we wrap this up, um, would you share how one can reach you if one is interested in contacting you? And please give that to me in writing afterwards so I can put it in the show notes. Okay, well, at the moment, it's only on Instagram on my racks.mind page. So you can follow me there and DM me and um, happy to chat. I haven't really progressed too much with the media to have more of an audience, but I, I am part of Wanako's um, group on Telegram. Um, and I will be walking further into other platforms pretty much from now, really. I mean, we're, we're on this now and you're moving on to YouTube. So um, I will start to do more live, live TVs on Instagram um, and carry on listening to your podcast and following others too. So yes, racks.mind at the moment on IG. That's... That's marvelous. That's so people can reach you there. And, and there's other ways too, I'm sure, but we'll start with that. <laughs> and we'll grow. And we'll see where all of us are led to and how these things develop. So I certainly wish you all the very best for your ventures and what you're up to. And thank you everyone for joining us here today and in the future whenever you're listening to this conversation thank you so much everyone and 
please subscribe to the YouTube channel, to the podcast, leave reviews, share about it so more people find it. And thank you so much, Rex, for sharing your journey and all the marvelous insights you got. Thank you for giving me the space to share it. It was um, very lovely. Um, Laurie wants to speak. Oh, no, she's okay. Yeah, well, thank Go you ahead. for allowing Laurie. Oh. Okay. I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're a bit late, but that's fine. Well, anyway, yes, so thank you very much for allowing me to share um, some of my stories and how I transitioned over. It's always been a pleasure. I love talking with you um, and I look forward to following the rest of your podcast. You have a great evening. Thank you. You have a wonderful day because it's morning for you. <laughs> We're like at the opposite ends of the, of the yeah, world. It's a little early. <laughs> so. Yeah, it is. But I will enjoy my, uh, my, my day looks good. So tomorrow's looking good for everyone. Okay, so okay. thank you so much, and blessings to everyone, and till next time. Till next time.